Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by Katie. Hi. Emma. Yo. And Micah. Thank God I have fog lights on my car. <laughs> Look at the stupid. <laughs> and special guest, new friend of the show, Joey. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and tonight we are reviewing The Mist. Belief divides them, mystery surrounds them, but fear changes everything. It, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it, it's descriptive, I guess. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Fallout. Like, boy, why don't I ever change this? But anyway, hey, Joey, can you help me out? Hit that music. The squad is working in the lab late one night when their eyes beheld an eerie sight. For the horror movie list began to grow in size. everyone this is episode 19 and if you like stephen king stories you'll probably giggling right now when i said 19 uh keep reading dark tower and you'll giggle too <laughs> so <laughs> so for this episode i have been tossing out my feelers and casting nets out into the world and i actually got a bite so <laughs> that sounded so weird i'm sorry i feel like a fish in a line now <laughs> yeah, I know. i'm sorry that was weird but but new friend, and will hopefully be a good friend later, of the show from Affable Chat. I've been listening to their stuff. Uh, Law Abiding Citizen, it's a good one. Uh, your Batman, the Batman review, uh, it was a really solid one. And I listened to that one. Oh, uh, which through. one would you do? We had a whole series of Batman. We did we've done uh, the five new Batman one. movies. Yeah. I, oh, I started from no, the top and I'm going back. Batman movies. Yeah. Well, we've yes. only done... <laughs> Three? Yeah, two or three. I think we've only done three Batman movies. We'll have a Batman month. So, but no, this is Joey, uh, one of the head people. I assume this is his baby, but from Affable Chat. So, Joey, tell us about your show, please. Sure. Uh, we are a weekly movie podcast. We don't always talk about movies, but every week we talk about something. Um, and yeah, it's just me and my good friend from college, Benjamin. Uh, we just decided that we wanted to start talking about movies uh, on the internet. So we started recording a podcast and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it for about four years now and we've covered all sorts of different things. Um, we did a Batman series where we actually reviewed four different Batman movies from four different directors, four different eras, Batman, which was very fun. We did a Florence Sweet. Pugh series recently, a Chris Tucker series. So um, if, if any of those strike your fancy, plus anything that comes out like recently or, or uh, that strikes our fancy that we want to do. Uh, we don't really have a niche. We just like, watching movies so uh, thank you uh we kind of we started as horror but then you know i can only throw so much horror at my friends and so we do have <laughs> like a spotlight series and we have themes every month and stuff so i feel you on that but no that's awesome i've been listening to them they are great uh they sound so much more structured <laughs> than, than <laughs> our podcast i love how our podcast hey, is <laughs> but no, you guys, it, it's it's cool. So instead of just going through the the synopsis and making jokes, they like it feels like they have it all structured out and they read through it and it takes like five minutes. So I was like, man, how how dare they do that so fast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I write my own synopsis. So it takes it takes me like an hour each time I do it. So oh man, uh, but they sound great. So 
but no, uh, Joey, I've been talking to him and I was like, hey, in October, we do 31 movies and you pick and I'll tell you if we've already done it. And so he rolled the dice and he picked one that was not picked and he chose The Mist. And the second he said The Mist, I was like, that's locked in, bud, because that's a good ass <laughs> story. <laughs> yes. So glad you saved it for me. I love this movie. Yeah, it's a solid <laughs> So The Mist, it's from a collection of stories called The Skeleton Crew. And it's a really old Stephen King story. It's actually from 85. And a couple of them have been turned into short movies and stuff. But probably the biggest one, the biggest novella from it was The Mist. And so if you don't know anything about The Mist, it's about people trapped in a store. And this ominous, scary mist just covers it. And there's monsters, there's things in the fog and people are getting attacked and we see people, churchy folks pop up and we see <laughs> when, when people get pushed to the limit, how easy it is for them to be warped and do things that they wouldn't ever do. And that is Stephen King to a point. He loves bringing up things like that. This story feels like a lot of stories. Like Lord of the Flies, hardcore. There's a character in this story that I felt was Piggy. And then Piggy gets his shit rocked. And I was like, hey, that character got his shit rocked. Hey, he's like Piggy. Um, but no, this one, it's a really good story. Uh, one cool fun fact, I learned the series Half-Life and Silent Hill both brought up this story as a big proponent to those games being made. When they came oh, up with those ideas, they, they came up with it and they were like, yeah, The Mist is fucking awesome. It's like one of the coolest stories. And so, yeah, that's why that's why they're both creepy and extra uh, interdimensional things pop through the fog and attack people. The original name for Half-Life was going to be Quiver, just like the Arrowhead project in this movie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So... Uh, usually when we do Stephen King stories, we'll we'll go over the adaptation compared to the story and see how different it is. So with this one, it's actually easy to do. The story and the movie are like 90% the same. The ending is where it all changes. And Stephen King actually said the ending to this movie is miles better than what he could have came up with. And ah. it's funny. The oh. ending makes me think it's it's a Stephen King ending, honestly. <laughs> well, the ending is is right in my wheelhouse. It reminded me so much of the ending to The Road, um, maybe a little bit, a little bit more gruesome. But it was just this is this is my wheelhouse right here. This is what well, I go for. I mean, for. the fact that the director like this movie scared Stephen King. He's like, yeah. whoa, bro, no. And actually, Emma Emma found out some really cool stuff about like the director's connection with like the actors. I did specifically from this movie tying into a specific show that he was a part of for a very small amount of time, and it's frustrating how small that time was. <laughs> uh, you beat me to it. That was actually one of my extra lines. So uh, <laughs> somehow they needed a film crew. They needed help with filming this movie, and the director, Mr. Darabont. He has friends that helped him with The Shield. So that show, and it's a 
procedural drama with cops. Uh. And so that's why the camera shots feels it's got that shaky realness to it in the zoom ins and stuff. If you watch the shield, it's just like that. <laughs> also, that's actually a different one that I was talking about. <laughs> and there, yeah, there's another show. Yeah. yeah. And there's four people in this show that go into the walking dead. And so that was uh, another thing. And Thomas Jane was actually the original choice for our boy, Rick. Oh, one-handed Rick. Oh, damn. Then they oh, went man. someone English, uh, like every other show. Movie. Yeah. So actually, one of the cool things, uh, I went to one Comic-Con back in 2015. And the one thing that I took out of that, I was just randomly roaming one day and ended up running into Max Brooks and uh, got a signed copy of World War Z. And he was awesome. literally just about to leave to go do a... Um, uh, a panel and it was just him talking about like uh, uh, zombies because walking dead had just come out. And so he, he went on this thing because people ask him all the time. They're like walking dead, walking dead, walking dead. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? Cause it's popular. And so he goes on this thing where he, he's really good Frank friends with, with uh, Frank Durvant. And he was talking about how they just dropped him after the first season. And it wow. was like, and when he was the one who got it started, so he took like all these actors and everything that he had gotten accustomed to and worked really well together and then brought him into AMC and went like, look, I can make a zombie show work. And he did. And then the the <laughs> the the men with money went, mm, let's make more money. Go away. We're going to do our own thing. But yeah, Emma said that and she's like, wait, hold on. Why all these people are in The Walking Dead? What happened? And so she like went and looked and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's just a cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. I, it's, it's just cool that you see the beginnings of things. And we could have had, you know, old Punisher be Rick. And I think he'd have done all right. His cry face is kind of weird in this movie, but, you know. Boy, howdy. <laughs> he had to work into that one. <laughs> so uh, I have a couple more fun facts, but I'll bring them in uh, while I'm talking about the story. A lot of my fun facts are. Just nods to other Stephen King stories. Like crazy people say different lines. And you're like, huh, bad guy in that movie said that. Hmm. So we'll go go around and just ask everybody how do you feel about it. So Katie, thumbs up, thumbs down. What did you think about The Mist? Thumbs up. Uh, I really liked it until like the very, very end. I did not like the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I would have liked Stephen King's ending better because Otis explained the ending of the book and i was just like nope that's not better but i wouldn't have chosen this ending <laughs> uh but i liked it a lot uh joey what'd you think uh definitely a thumbs up for me um yeah i really think this movie is a horror classic uh what it stands up what makes it stand apart to me is it explores human nature in a really unique way um, and that's why I think it makes it such a timeless horror movie. It's not about the monsters, right? It's about the people inside the store. So I, I think that uh, makes it stand the test of time, despite the how much CGI has degraded over time. Um, and yeah, I, the ending for me makes this movie stand apart. It's devastating. It's terrible. It's terrifying. I don't know if I have the the guts to ever write an ending so freaking like just gut wrenching, uh, but it makes you remember the movie. And I, I really appreciate it for that reason. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Micah. Yeah. Okay, so I 
I don't know what it is. I there there's the we were talking about it before we started, but there's these like collection of movies that all came out within the same, you know, within a couple of years of each other between the fog, the mist Legion, like they all, they're all really, really similar settings in, in a way. And I always get them all mixed up. Like I'm creating my own movie, just taking parts of each of these movies and then putting them all together. So when I watch them, I'm like, Oh yeah. Because it's like when these movies came out, I, I don't know. I, I, would just like catch blips here and there because I would never sit down long enough to actually watch a lot of movies. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's cool. Hey, hey Xbox. What are, what are you doing there? Um, <laughs> but this, I, I just remember loving this movie and the, just for some reason, the restaurant, uh, the restaurant, the, the grocery store scene always stuck out like the very beginning, just the intro of having the fog creep in and then having all that stuff. Oh, spoiler. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I was derailed there for a second. I was like, what would I got on my face? So, um, but yeah, I love this movie. And the ending was, like Joey said, absolutely devastating. And I'm a big fan of movies and stories that do this because that's what they are. They're movies and stories. They're not like real life. But when things don't always go right, it just it makes it feel real because sometimes it, it, you know, not, not a lot of all things always end up happy. And I don't know. I, I would, I'm going to go ahead and say, I would never be able to do what he did at the end no, of the movie. Would not, would not at, at all. Oh no, absolutely. But the devastating factor of that is just an absolute punch where you just like, you're like sitting there at the end going like, Oh, all right. Well, I'm drained. <laughs> uh, hey, let's, let's look at uh, some kitten videos for, for a little bit. Let me get some eye bleach for a second. <laughs> Otis, what about you? Uh, oh, thumb, thumbs up, man. Like, this is a Stephen King story. And it's funny, the ending, Stephen King didn't even come up with it. There is a few sentences that he alludes to the ending that the director came up with. And when I read it, I was like, oh, okay. So it's not out of just like a left turn that he came up with this ending. But I, I love the story. And honestly, the movie's ending feels more Stephen Kingy. Then the Stephen King end. <laughs> but uh, actually, Stephen King said his ending, it's one of my seven words, but he actually based it off another film director. And he said, this is the ending because they would have done it like that. And so he did it. So, But no, the thumbs up. Stephen King, he does a few things right. Older people and villains. He is damn good <laughs> at making you love old characters. They're awesome. They throw cans and shoot people and do stuff. And then the villains are just there being assholes the whole time. And you're like, oh, my God, they're getting worse. And I, it's some of my favorite stuff about Stephen King. It's, you know, that's why Randall Flagg keeps popping up in all the stories. Because that some bitch is that kind of evil. He's just there. He's like, see, see, they keep failing over there. Why, why are you? We shouldn't even watch them. But come over here with me. Listen to me talk. And they're like, no, he's bad, too. Uh, but no, it's, <laughs> it's fun stuff. Uh, Emma, what did you think? I loved it. I do not like awful endings. I am not like Mr. Depression here, who is just like, yes, it's worse. Get worse. Mm, more. No thanks. I like stuff that's shiny and pleasant at the end. But no, like Katie said, this movie was phenomenal. It was just, it was so good all the way up 
until that very last minute. And then you're like, well, sign me off. We're done. <laughs> but no, it was, it was so good. It just, it really, really messes you up the whole time. <laughs> and like Joey said, it ages really well. Uh, the CGI is poop. Yeah. But the rest of it is just gold. Like, there were a few moments where I was like, somebody put a sticker in front of the camera. Why does it look like that? It's like a holographic image, like like from like a card or something. They're just like, so there's some guy just like moving it back and forth to make it look like it's moving. You just see, ooh. <laughs> 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 Boogie. But yeah, no, I loved it. It was great. One thing that I really do like from your episodes, how you guys do it, Joey, when you talk about the characters, we kind of have done this too, but I like the way you do it. So I'm going to go through all the characters in this movie, but I'm going to give them a name from some other show. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm like, what is he talking about? Oh yeah. Our, our cast joke. We've been doing that joke for like yeah. four years. And I've been like, I always forget. At some point I forget it's a joke. Like I just do it automatically. And then yeah. I do it too. It I'm like, yeah. No, it's we natural. Watched the it's Batman. We yeah. watched the Batman and I like I think I called Robert Pattinson by his actual name like twice. And oh yeah. Every other time I was like, uh Edward, Edward or Cedric Diggory over there, like waters elephants. Yeah. When he took the adrenaline, like dang, Cedric Digg- Diggory started going ham after yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he was ready. Uh yeah, I'd never call I hardly call anybody by their real names. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. So this movie stars the Punisher. The first one. No, the one <laughs> no one remembers? Cool. He stabbed Diesel in his chest with a real knife in that movie. Again. Anyway. <laughs> no one remembers him. <laughs> I remember that movie. Uh, the sister to the rapey doctor and how to get away with murder. Sister to what? <laughs> he, he had to have been yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got away with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a terrible person. Her husband? Yeah, the husband. Okay. Yeah, the woman king's husband. He was touching on students. Got it. Then he killed him. Captain Raymond Holt. Yeah, that's the only thing I'll ever... (laughs) That's 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 just his name. Hot damn. Yeah, right. (laughs) Mr. Hot damn. Uh, The Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I love William Sadler. He's one of the the podunk people. He's awesome. And then Starkiller from Star Wars. Name literally anything else that Sam Witwer is in. Uh, isn't he Doomsday in Smallville? Ooh, that's I a, don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think he's Doomsday. Maybe she's gonna look at him and be like, he Damn, was really young. I didn't know that. No, uh, he was. He it might be him. Oh, is, is he, he? Isn't he Darth Maul? Yes, I believe he's the newer voice he's of Darth voice, Maul. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's that's like. Wait, There's is he the kid? Else, is oh, no, 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 no. He's he's the soldier. Mm-hmm. Who gets uh, oh. uh, poorly owned in this movie? Um, oh, you're right. He was. I'm trying to be vague. <laughs> I don't want to say exactly what happened. That was also a devastating scene, by the oh, way. Oh my though. gosh! Yes, a movie full of devastating scenes. Um. I see. I know Sam Witwer the best because he used to go on this thing on YouTube called the Movie Trivia Schmodown, which was like this Ooh. intense movie trivia show that they that uh, Collider used to put on. 
Um, and he would compete exclusively in the Star Wars trivia category and was incredible. I mean, they, had, they would ask the most obscure questions like the models of ships, what color different droids were, like from like all sorts of just like really, really obscure stuff. And he was nailing it every time. He won the belt like uh, it was like head to head back and forth. It was crazy. Uh, it was awesome to see him on there and just totally know everything about Star Wars uh, and be in Star Wars at the same time. He is one of the coolest people that is just always there. Just like, hey, I'm down to do some more Star Wars, y'all. He's done a lot. (laughs) And then from The Walking Dead, from The Walking Dead, we have Dale, Andrea, and Carol. Badass Carol. They need more of that in this movie. I was sad she wasn't in this bitch that long. Andrea got cool, too. She also was not badass in this. Yeah, sad old Dale. He was my boy. He was the voice of reason. (laughs) He was the piggy in his mm-hmm. show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll get through this story and we'll talk about it and all that stuff. And then we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite characters. So uh, this one starts just like in the book. We have ourselves a really creepy storm happening in Bridgeton, Maine. And so artist David Drayton is painting some very ridiculous paintings in his office. So... <laughs> There's a picture of the thing, <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth, a painting of Roland from the Dark Tower, a little boy with a balloon, so from It, and there were guys in yellow overcoats, those are the low men, they're in Hearts in Atlantis, and in the Dark Tower stories. So, uh, some deep cuts for Dark Tower stuff in it, and I was like, is that Roland? And this isn't even the first movie that has it, I want to say, was it Cell? The main character in that, he had a picture of Roland. He was, like, making it. So any Stephen King story, there's going to be a picture of him with his with his pistolas being awesome. So uh, he's painting. And then that night, we have ourselves a very scary storm that happens. And his, like, what was his dad's old tree or his grandfather's tree? Grandpa's tree. Grandfather's yeah. tree, Grand- yeah. Grandpa's old stupid-ass tree flies through the window and just, like, blows open, like, a hole in his house. So the next morning, reasons to live in California. Yeah, you're right about that. And so (laughs) (laughs) the next morning, he's going over the damage and he hears uh, our boy, Captain Holt, just cussing up a storm. Hot damn. His chainsaw won't start. And so in the book, they they have issues also. But I think in the book, they say that they're just both white guys. I'm fine with him being different. Uh, I just love... Oh, I'm sure somebody online wasn't. I just love Captain Holt. He's just the best. But, He's so good. Uh, they have themselves some uh, property disputes. And the fact that another tree destroyed the boat David's house. boathouse. And he's like, I told him to cut that fucking tree down a long time ago. He's like, don't go over there trying to fight. And he's like, I'm not. I'm just going to kick him. <laughs> and so uh, David uh, takes... Uh, huh? Oh, no, I was going to say the the scene where they they're like talking and they're they're just kind of like, oh, you know, we should, <laughs> we should collect each other's insurance information and that stuff. And then they're just like there's like this moment of like silent tension that lasts like 15 seconds. Such and it's like building to something. Tension. And then all of a sudden Captain Holt says, hey, you going into town? I need to go to the store. Can I, I come straight up, I thought somebody was just going to like reach out and be like eh, and just like baby bitch lap somebody because i was like what's happening but i sat there and i looked at emma when we watched it and i was like why was that so tense <laughs> what what was that like you you felt that right 
And then yeah. it's just like, hey, are you going into town? Because I need to go to. And my car is obviously destroyed. So uh, help. Yeah. <laughs> so in the original story, Brent is a, I want to say he's a lawyer. And so it's, it's the same way. He's kind of a tight ass. And David is, seems like he's ready to fight in the book and in the movie. So yeah, their relationship is strained from the beginning. <laughs> just, I mean, in general, grown men are incapable of talking about things reasonably. Yeah. Just <laughs> just the cuffs. They're ready to go. Just always. <laughs> like, like your your tree is a little bit on my side of the fence. How fucking dare you? Let's fight. Okay. Well, it did crush his ha- it did crush his property. It crushed his boathouse. Yeah. Well, yes. You know, yes. Yeah. And that in the specific instance of this movie, yes, but I'm speaking in general <laughs> grown men maybe not of our generation but of the of like our parents generation straight garbage like everything was just like let's fucking fight all the time fight on site for the smallest little thing and like you could just talk through it That's the way of like life, we man. could just use words and fight on site. like come to a decision but no why would you do that yeah Donny brook yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Down, yes. yeah down the laneway don't come up <laughs> on the property <laughs> let's fight over there <laughs> So Brent, David, and his son, Billy, go into town to go to the store to get themselves some supplies from the awesome supermarket. Mom should have came. Hell yeah, she should have. <laughs> Spoilers. She really Poor mom. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly forgot that she even existed in this movie. Because so I was like, who? Like, I'm watching this. And I'm like, she's not the person that ends up in the car with him at the end, right? Like, oh, no, 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 definitely not. That's some other yeah. random woman. <laughs> uh, that happens in the book. And, yeah. and actually, certain characters were supposed to already know each other sexually in these in the movie. Oh, dear. Oh. Go with that. And probably for the best. But in the book, they do. <laughs> so in the store, they see police cars and, and army trucks flying by. And then they see Dan Miller. This guy just running down the street, blood on his shirt and face, and he tells everybody to stay out of the fog. He's like, "Don't there's shit in the fog. Don't do it." And they're like, "What's happening?" In the you mist, got John Lee. In the fog. You got John yeah. Lee. Yeah, and so they he runs into the supermarket and he's like, "Dad, don't do it." And then this mist comes in, hauling ass at least ten miles per hour. It has. It's fast as hell. It's faster than the fog fog rolls into San Francisco. And it's thick too. You, you can't see anything through it. It's how, how? What do you think your visibility is through the through the mist? Like maybe five feet. Uh, that's yeah. ca- that's California that's fog. That's Thule fog. That's Thule fog yeah. from Cent- the Central yeah. Valley yeah. and Central. Yeah, Central Valley. It gets it gets wild. I mean, we've I we've experienced like hundred and ten car pileups just because of the fog. Like it's yep. it's insane. Monthly, <laughs> monthly. That sounds like a combination year. of problems, but. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's how we live in Joe. Deadliest highway on on in in the United in the States. So yeah. we got that going for us. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we gotta go fast, Joey. That's how we get places. We gotta go fast. Well, gotta I mean, go fast. Really far away, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at this point, uh, you get the cool people that are like, "Oh, that's weird looking." I'm gonna go out there and get to my car. In the book, there are multiple crazy riot moments that happen the second the fog hits in the book people get trampled in the store as people are running out to their cars because they freak out about this mist and then they hear the screams of people in the mist in the book and so people start coming back inside 
They're like, get out of the store. Oh, shit. Katie just flew away. Back in the store. And so tons of people instantly die. And I wish they actually had that in the movie. That would have been a little bit cooler. But Makes me think of like uh, mm-hmm. in Twister when everyone's just like, oh, yeah, let me get closer. The fuck? Yeah. Gotta, <laughs> gotta ramp up the tension. <laughs> they have to ramp up the tension. You know, it, it slowly builds in like how crazy everything gets. So kind of oh, yeah. makes sense from like the story perspective. But but it also like I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, why exactly do they stay in the store? Right. The, the, like the store manager and, and Norton and like a bunch of other people are like, there's nothing in the mist. It's all lies or or something. Or yeah. Dan's crazy or something, you know, but they're all still in the store. They're not like they're not eager to leave. They're not just like walking out there. Um, so yeah, it makes sense. I feel like for them to like have some like incident, inciting incident or something. Say like people getting dragged out there. I feel like that would help. Yeah. Well, Stephen King brings it up in the book. He says that uh, you get a small percentage of people. They're the ones that make the plays, and then you have the people that follow the playmakers, and then you have the ones that are just if anything bad happens, they just sit there and look at the wall, and they don't know what they want to do. And those are the ones that don't want to leave the store. And David's like, we got to leave at some point. This isn't good. And so it's just, yeah, Stephen King says that story is full of just the right combination of people. And so that's why there's so many, I guess, sheep in there that will follow whoever seems like they're the one in charge. And they'll just go with whatever plan they come up with. So at this point, uh, the sirens are going off and store manager MVP Ollie, spoilers, he is the best person in this movie. Uh, he is closing off the supermarket. And at this point, people are starting to sit and chill. People are slamming beers and just kind of freaking out. So David heads to the back because uh, he can smell something. So the generator in the back is having issues. And so he turns it off and he, a couple of people come back there with him. And he says, do you guys hear that sound? Something's at, something's outside. Something's at the door in the same way in the book. And then that's when everyone's like, okay, city boy, rich guy that draws pictures. Uh, we don't trust <laughs> you. You don't know what you heard. And it's like, motherfucker, I have ears. I heard something out there. And it's like, you know, nah. And so the, the bagger, Norm, hey, it's a Shermanator from American Pie. So... Uh, he's a brave kid. And so he tells the the hillbillies that, hey, turn on the generator just for a little bit, open up the gate, and then I'll go out there and unblock the vent to the generator. I'm not scared of shit. David tells him, this is not a good idea. And Ollie's like, you shouldn't do that, dude. And he's like, thug life. They open the gates, tentacles instantly fly through and start snatching him away. And he's like, I'm not about this life. Help me. <laughs> oh, it's so brutal. Oh my gosh. He's like he's torn to pieces, like his skin gets torn off. It's not like it's not like just like the tentacles like, you know, kind of section him or like grab him, right? Like and then they start pulling. They're like latch onto him like they have needles in them or something and then they're like tearing his skin off. Blah. Yeah. And, in the and in honestly the- of all the CGI, that was like the worst scene. Like <laughs> like the ten the tentacles in that scene were awful except for like when it like like opened up and everything and just latched like that was like okay that was cool but like when they're like wiggling through the door it's like oh oh come on after that it was like hey we have this fog that'll obscure our cgi 
mess. Honestly, smart. With that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, a good call. <laughs> In 2007, this was not bad CGI. This was beautiful CGI in 2007. It just looks shitty now because all of our TVs are fucking 80 inches with 4K HDR. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you're 2007. Could have gone practical. This movie references the thing. Pra- practical effects in that movie still hold up. Could have gone practical. Oh, absolutely. this time. That movie is beautiful. So at this point, and it's funny, Stephen King brings it up in the book that um, David sees the tentacle reach up because it's looking for someone else to grab. And he says he can see tiny mouths on the tentacle. Every tentacle has tiny little mouths. And he said there were hundreds on every tentacle. So when it hits onto something... It the tiny mouths are just eating away at the skin, and that's why in the movie, when the tentacle touches the Shermanator and rips away, those mouths are biting the skin and ripping it off. And so that's that what is it was a doing. Hard and swift pass. Ah, jeez. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The the one thing that got me about the tentacles uh, was the fact that when it was like hunting, like one of the tentacles was like hunting around the room, and it was sniffing. Like they put in the sound of. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> what was that? Why did they do that? Who made that decision? <laughs> that thing out here going, food. And, the, and then it grabs food. the dog food. And it's just like, yes, dog food. <laughs> no poo. So at this point, the hillbillies, uh, they start to instantly apologize. And same thing happens in the book. David's telling them, close the fucking gate, please. Because he's holding on to the kid. And he's trying to drag him back in. And they're just standing there watching him struggle by himself. Ollie goes for the generator and he actually uses a broomstick to press the button and they close it in the book. The door like cuts one of the giant tentacles off. So it's a big piece. And that piece, anytime they touch at it, whatever it gets touched by it instantly gets grabbed and snapped a couple times and then it dies. And so I think somebody was going to try to touch it with their hand. He's like, no, no, no. Does the broom and the broom gets destroyed. And he's like, that's why you don't touch it with your hand. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I love the scene where where um uh what's his name Drayton is pulling Norm out and you can see framed right behind his head the axe just right there in the box mm-hmm. and you're just like grab the axe someone grab the axe yeah. please and David's on there like struggling like oh, I don't know what to do and Ollie of course is the only person who knows what to do eventually grabs the axe but it's there for so long it's like a whole minute you can see the axe yeah. and nobody's grabbing it. Oh, it's such such good directions. Amazing. The the one thing though is like it, it, Ollie's character development or Arnim Zola's character development through that. <laughs> he's like this weakling who's just like under the thumb of corporate, and he's just like, man, I, I'm just a I'm a peon kind of thing. And then even when he likes when he finally gets to the axe and he like smashes it with the the hose or whatever, he's just like gently just like, uh, uh, uh. and then he goes to swing it and he misses. Oh, he misses yeah. completely when he goes to swing. <laughs> And it was like, this oh, was, God, here this we go. The second half of the movie, he would have chopped one of Norm's legs off, probably. Right? Yep. <laughs> he would have been like, you don't need that. You're li- you're still alive. Get just, over it. Yeah. Rub some dirt just on another, it. Just another devastating moment in this movie. Yep. Oh, man. So, uh, Shermanator, he gets snatched away, and they close the doors, and then there's a tentacle still in there. Uh, the hillbillies, uh, well, Death gets punched in the face a couple of times. He's like, I'm sorry. Please stop punching me, Punisher. And so they, they look at each other. <laughs> And they say they can't know out there because people will freak out even harder. Like I said in the book, there are multiple tramplings that happen 
uh, at night when crazy things happen, an old lady gets stomped on because people are trying to run to another part of the store to get away from things. And she mm. dies in the book. So like the people that aren't about fighting and they're just there to scream and run, they are terrible. And it makes sense why they go the way they go later. So at this point, we see Captain Holt. He's got a couple of, in the book, David calls them flat earthers because they are dead set <laughs> on a plan and you can't change their mind. And he tells Captain Holt, he's like, don't go out there. And he's like, you guys are playing a joke on me. I know I'm new here and I moved and you don't like me and it might be something racial, but I'm going out there. I'm, you guys are scared of nothing. And they're like, dude, like, sure, we might be hillbilly like bumpkins, but for this one second, we are not fucking with you. Please don't go outside. And he's like, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> and Captain Holt and like, I want to say four or five people in the book, they leave uh, in the movie. I mean, in the book, you see Captain Holt and his friends leave and you hear screams. They don't have screams in the movie, so they left it kind of ambiguous. But in the book, you hear them get fucked up. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, you hear one of the ladies. With, yeah. A little hope that you might have made it. It's possible. Yeah. You, hear, you hear one of the ladies say, like, oh, my God, what is that? And then she actually tries to run back to the store and gets yanked away. So, oh, well, uh, in the book, David actually has one of the people going with Captain Holt put put rope or string around his body. And Captain Holt's like, what is this for? And he's like, I just want to know how far you guys get. And he's like, damn, that's ominous and scary. Well, in the book, he does that? Yeah, okay. he says that in the book. Well, it's like, it's different in the movie a bit. <clears throat> yeah, he's like, I really want to know how far you guys get. He's like, if it goes taut, take it off. I just want to know if you can make it 300 feet. And he's like, okay, whatever. Uh, same thing happens. The rope gets all crazy. It pulls and goes straight toward the sky. And David and group mm -hmm. pulls it back. And it's just bloody on the end. And he's like, well. That's another thing I really liked about that. But what a way to make something like build the tension without very much showing very much, you know, obviously they have like mm -hmm. half a body there at the end, but they didn't even need to do that. That like, they're just pulling the rope and then it starts going wild. And then they, it starts pulling really hard and like burns their hands. Right. Great. Like great little detail there of it. Like, you know, getting that rope burn. And then like they, they're pulling it back and then they suddenly see the blood. and Everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> just like, it's it's awesome. It does so much with so little. I, I I really appreciate something like that. So Emma and I literally during that scene, it started with me, and I was like, "They're gonna pull it, and it's just gonna have blood on it." Like that's 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 how it's got to be. Yeah. And she's like, "Nah, there's probably a body part attached to it." <laughs> and sure enough, it started with the blood, and I was like, "Yes, I'm right." And then it was like, "Oh, there's half I, a torso." I didn't Damn even it. have to say anything. I sat back into the couch and I went. Yup. <laughs> Excellent. We were taking bets. <laughs> so around this time, Mrs. Carmody, she has a bitch ass name, but Mrs. Carmody is the person in the room that she is a religious fanatic. There's a word for what she does. I remember Kay and I looked it up last night, but she's all about, hey, you see that scary thing that just happened? Well, I want to save it because you have a good seven words with it. Uh, hey, that scary thing happened. I'm going to tie it into all these things that might not even be connected. So she's it's for sure God's work. Yeah. She says He's that it's punishing us. It's end of days. It's Armageddon y'all. And all of these people that want to leave, they don't love God and they're going against his word. And we might need to kill some people <laughs> in the book. Yeah. 
they say that they hear her talk about sacrifice multiple times before it gets super wild. Like she's just kind of saying it to see if people are like, oh, I don't know about that, Miss Carmody. That's kind of wild. She's like, or we can sacrifice somebody. You know, I don't know. You know, yeah. Uh, she makes she makes hints at it. It's kind of subtle, but she does make hints at it in the movie too. You know that, that that's yeah. where things are going. She says it needs to be paid in blood. It needs to be expiation. Um, yeah, uh, expiation. Yeah, never never Kid heard blood. the word expiation except for inside this movie honest with you yeah I, even when i heard it the first time i tried to repeat it and like my brain wouldn't let me finish the word because i was like there's there's got to be another letter it's missing another consonant it, there's too many vowels in that word yes uh yeah <laughs> so at this point nighttime hits and so uh the group they the the good guys in this story they start to understand that it's getting a little crazy in the store Ollie gets himself a gun. So it's like, I don't know, Legend of Zelda. He's like, bah, da, 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 da. and he's got a pistol. It's dangerous to is... go alone. Take this. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, howdy, he is a badass with a gun. So it's like the weapon went to the right person. But at what night. Was he a sharpshooting champion in 84 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I shot some stuff. He's like, hey, little dude, go for it. So at this point. They have watches up front to make sure nothing comes through or they can see when something scary is coming, they can scream and then draw it closer. That's what watches are for. But the lights are drawing these tiny fly shaped in the book. They were kind of half slug, half flies with like eyes that had stalks on them and stingers. I take issue with this. They are not tiny. They are gigantic flying things. Okay, sure. They're smaller than the other monsters, but those things were huge. Yeah. You know, the, the big as your head. Uh, yeah. uh, not okay. <laughs> yeah. I think in the That's book, small. they were like, I think football sized, in which compared to some things later, that's tiny as fuck. But if you're from yeah. Australia, you probably wouldn't have too much problem with these bad boys. But here in America, <laughs> those are big as fuck. Those are not, okay. A, not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the insects are at the window because of the lights and people getting scared and getting closer with the lights. Like, hey, what this? what's that? And then pterodactyl monsters fly up and snatch up the bugs. So as they're snatching up the bugs, they're slowly breaking the glass. And then one gets through. And at this point, it kind of runs the same way, just like in the book. David lights a mop or yeah, mop on fire and burns the thing. And so he kicks its ass. And at this point in the book, Miss Carmody does not have a meeting with a bug. It's just, she's just really good with her words the whole book. But in the movie, Miss Carmody has one of the bugs land on her chest. And she sits still and starts to pray. And she says a a specific line, my life for you. So in the Dark Tower universe and in just about any Stephen King story with a supernatural villain, that that is a line that they usually say. Randall Flagg. That's one of his favorite lines to say. And Randall Flagg is a bad, bad person if you read a Stephen King story. So people are like, I wonder if he's like working through her or she's just a piece of shit. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the uh, book, so yeah. I was, I was going to add, uh, Joey touched on it earlier when he was talking about how it was less about the giant bugs and more about how the people were interacting and dealing with their own stuff as all this chaos was happening. Same thing right here. Those big, the bigger bugs. There's always a bigger bug. Uh, weren't fascinated with the people. They were after the little bugs. 
And then all of a sudden they're like, ooh, but what are you? Let's try that. Yep. Oh, I like that. And then they started getting on them. So it's it's nice to see things interacting outside and then having the humans just be like, what are you? You, you don't matter to me. I don't even know that you're, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> and yeah. then, so then it starts to add that in. So it was nice that it wasn't just rammed in and be like, oh, giant bugs and they're going to attack people because it's like the people don't know, but also the giant bugs don't know people. So, but they do know the other little bugs. So I thought yeah. that was a, a cool addition to. Yeah, that. it's it's a whole ecosystem that's coming through this mist, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's a really it is good world building to just have the bugs and then have the other things come in and smash the windows because the bugs are there and like that the bugs are attracted to light. It all makes sense. Um, and then yeah, like th- this scene when the when the things are in the in the store is incredible, I, 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 absolutely amazing stuff. The, there's so much stuff that goes wrong. People are turning the lights on and turning the lights off. There's there's communications between each. One guy literally lights himself on fire, which is hilarious, but also like awful, especially when you see him later when he's like dying, uh, and you're just like, oh my god, this is terrible. But he's uh, but yeah, it's it's in that moment, it's just like like as a moviegoer, it's so freaking funny to watch him light himself on fire it's just like flaming people were walking around ollie's shooting things in the store there's like people like like running all around yeah it's just it's a perfect example of just the chaos that's that would happen in a situation like this uh i i really appreciate something like this it, it worked it works so well like all the different pieces together right you have this simple problem here that turns into a huge chaos because everyone doesn't know how what's going on nobody knows how to communicate and it just becomes this big mess and most of the people that die don't even die from the bugs right they die because the uh they kill themselves or each other i couldn't have said it better yeah i love that that's how it happens people try to be so prepared for things and then they just die from some other dumb shit that they just don't even think about hey man we got this fire maybe we should have a fire extinguisher close by just in case or rags or something dude's completely on fire and he burns for a while before someone can find a fire extinguisher like I said, it's a shit show. And unfortunately, Miss Carmody does not get stung. But Sam Whitworth's girlfriend gets stung on the neck. And then she just plumps up and dies. And so oh, Miss Carmody uses this and says that, hey, I must be one of the good ones. God loves me because I'm the, the chosen bugs, one. Yeah, the bugs didn't kill me. They killed that harlot over there. And that dude's on fire for some reason. He must be bad too. But I'm good because God loves me. Yikes. <laughs> And that just, it just goes on and on like that. She starts getting followers, just like in the book, every, I would say 12 hours. And she's constantly putting on sermons in the book and in the movie. And people are slowly just coming over to listen to her. And then little by little, they start to chant and whisper things. And then she keeps bringing up sacrifice. And they're like, that don't sound that bad, honestly. If if the mist goes away, I'll I'll kill a kid, you know? (laughs) <laughs> i mean I, I, i'm not going to defend this carmody too many times in this podcast but it will happen a couple of times the first time it will be right now which is is she really wrong <laughs> is she really like she has something to stand on right uh, we, we all know there are people out there that believe insane things right but the people that believe yeah. insane things today uh, i was thinking about how to met- how this metaphor would work it's like it's like um somebody once told them that they once saw somebody who got so mad, steam came out of their ears. And so now they believe that somebody's on fire. And that, and that, that is the entirety of their belief system is based on somebody once said that they saw something, that they misinterpreted that thing. 
that's how far away like there are like there are people in this country that believe things right miss carmody yeah. has evidence that what she's talking about might be real she's like oh there are things out there that are killing you by the way like there's you know there's stories about the end of days and stuff she has something to go off of there's obviously she's not right about any of these things but there's at least some level of like uh evidence or like a, a little bit of reason behind this she's not just pulling yeah. it completely out of her ass she's like oh uh there's monsters out there and uh you know maybe i have a solution for you it it would have been it would have been cool if they tried to take the bugs that came out and she went look locust giant locust that's what she said she said like locust <laughs> she did. Come oh she to, did yeah. oh okay she did say that yeah She's like standing there and thus the plague of locusts. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well, funny. Well, she should have done it and I'm glad she did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's a funny like Stephen King thing. Like he loves giving villains something to stand on for a while. And it's like mm-hmm. I, evidence right there. <laughs> so at this point, things are falling apart. And David and crew, the, the people that aren't all about super Jesus and not getting killed by the, the God bugs. So they kind of want to leave at this point <laughs> so after a botched adventure to the medicine store, like 20 feet away, semi botched. Well, they grab things in the book. It's a complete failure and they lose like half the people that go over, but oh, okay. in the movie, they do lose they half the people, catch but, a couple, of but people. they do get their stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that was nice that they actually got something. In the book, it's so much more depressing. They yeah. don't win at all. <laughs> that that scene reminded me of Eight-Legged Freaks completely. Hell yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it was what, like straight, just Eight-Legged Freaks. Those monsters look pretty good. I, I thought those spiders I thought those spiders looked pretty yeah. good, actually. One of the I like the fact uh, that, like, when they, when they uh, like, brought their, their rear end up, it had, like, a skull. Uh, on their abdomen and their face oh, so like every time like as they got bigger it became more and more pronounced but all of them had this like skull like not obviously not painted but as part of their i don't know camouflage or whatever they do and i was like oh shit that's terrifying yeah <laughs> it is they're shooting that hot yeah, they're so... shooting that uh hot yeah. web out of their out of their ass you know it's burning oh, man yeah yeah just peeling people up. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's the same way. Out of my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, around this point, they they find some of the soldiers that were in the store. They have committed suicide, and the same thing happens in a book. Ollie, because he works in the supermarket, and it's the main point of that town. He heard a couple of things about the Arrowhead Project, and he surmises that the military cause something for this miss to happen and just like in the movie there's a little bit of a sprinkle of a clue that they might have been involved with this i feel like it took way too long for everyone to get to that yeah like openings like 15 minutes of the movie we're running into town right to go to the grocery store and like 75 fucking jeeps full of military people drive by and sirens are on. They're all heading towards whatever the fuck. Like, mm, clearly yep. they're the ones at fault. Like, how did you not piece this together an hour ago? Because. <laughs> so Sam Witwer's character, he was actually going to have a couple more extra scenes in the movie where he was actually there. And it shows the military opening a fucking portal. And mm. people told uh, the director that he, 
I, I'd leave that out because that's a little too ham-fisted, like showing them do the bad thing. He's like, it's better if you just don't know where it came from and you have different choices. Did God just open up a hole and let the mist come in? Did the military fuck around and make a hole? Probably. Uh, you know, is this was this going to happen to Earth either way, depending on if humans did anything or not? We don't know. <laughs> right. So on a scale of fuck around to find out, boy, did they <laughs> sure <Yeah>. did. <laughs> I like, no, Katie, I think, I think you bring up like a good point here, which is like that they, they sprinkle in these clues throughout, but no one ever really addresses it. Right. But it definitely feels yeah. appropriate for this in this movie for people to constantly be like not acting their best way. Right. These, these soldiers are just kind of like standing around like they're, they're not even like helping when they're like, doing like trying to fortify the store and everything thomas jane has to come up to him and be like hey guys you're willing to help out um and then like you know they take the coward's way out they they hang themselves but like at no point yeah. well i guess that those, those guys like kind of came to terms with it but it seems like for a long time right a, a significant amount of time they're like maybe it's not us you know like <laughs> you know, I know we saw a portal open in the in the mil- secret military base where we're doing like secret projects, but you know, may- maybe it wasn't us. Maybe it was somebody else, and we'll just sit here. Wait, wait. And- are, are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> obviously, it wouldn't be us, right? Like, we didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, so it's just like this shirking responsibility, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like they're not gonna they're gonna be the last ones to say anything uh, because yeah. um, they don't want to deal with the consequence of maybe being blamed for everyone being stuck inside the store and dying. Yeah, and I you did, brought up like... them not helping. That was a huge thing too. Like, hey, when have you ever seen somebody in the military not help out in a disaster and just like exactly. sit there on their ass doing nothing? Like, red flag one. Like, yeah, <laughs> something's going on. They're sitting over here in a corner, like whispering to each other and not actually helping with any of the physical stuff. They're not helping like with wounds. They. None of them even offered like, oh yeah, I have the ability to wield a gun. Like, oh yeah, sure, that's you're for sure gun trained, and it had to be fucking Toby Jones over here. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say I like the fact that when when they do find them in the back room, uh, Sam Whitmore was like, I mean, they were talking about it before we left but I didn't think they would actually do I it. Know. I feel like that's what they were doing. Instead of helping, they were just like talking about, okay, well, we know what this was. We fucked around. We found out. So uh, we out, right? Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. We Suicide pact, right? <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, Sam Whitmer's like, I didn't think they'd actually do it. It's like, they said they were going to do it to you. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> People are right. way more subtle about these things. <laughs> you like if they're like we're going to kill ourselves right now. It's like he's like ah, you guys are full of it. <laughs> ah, <laughs> right. it's just a, it's just a super dangerous mist with monsters in it. Ah. Right. <laughs> Darth Maul, we might kill ourselves. Okay, I'm gonna go get a sandwich. I'll be back. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'll be go? split in half <laughs> first before that happens. Right. <laughs> So around this time, one of the followers for Miss Carmody's house of craziness, Horrors. yeah, house of horrors, they overhear Private Jessup saying that, hey, man, they might be involved with this. It might yeah, be our This might have issue. had something to do with the military. But I wasn't there. I didn't do it. But, you know, the people in charge, they might have fucked around and did something. And so they drag him out. And Miss Carmody's like, see, he's the reason him right there look at him get mad and what happens in a fucking horde of crazy people 
someone takes it too far. And the butcher actually stabs Private Jessup in the stomach like three times. And it's it's funny because Miss Carmody, the first stab, she sees it and she covers her mouth and she's like, oh, shit. She's shocked, like appalled that murder is happening yeah. in front of her But eyes. then half a second later, she's like, is it bad? And then is cheering it on afterwards. Yeah. By the third stab, she's like, fuck this guy. He's for sure at fault. That's why the demon bugs are here. Like, yeah. And so God. they kick Sam Whitworth out of the store and he stands at the door. What I would have done if I got ganked by crazy people and thrown outside of the store, I would have danced right on the glass at the door and like, eight Mary, like in fucking Men in Black, Tommy Lee Jones. And I would have tried my best to get that door broken. As I'm dying, like, just give them the finger. I hope they kill you all. And then I get eaten. because <laughs> That's a good plan. I like I'm that not plan. trying to. Be- yeah. I was thinking I would have just, I would have just tried to run for it. You know, I would have run for a car or the pharmacy or something. You know, I would have tried to get out of there. Yeah. I mean, um, the man was yeah. bleeding severely from his abdomen. So I don't you think. You stabbed a lot of times before you die. That's, that's what I was thinking about. Like, it takes more yeah. than three stabs to kill you. And, and in this movie, they kind of they kind of toyed with that. Some people had like a more, I don't know, realistic style death where they didn't die right away. They like kind of suffered for lack of a better. Yeah, I was going to say for lack of a better word, suffered a little bit before they died. And then some people just like, OK, well, we got to We got to move this movie along. So you're, you're dead. OK, cool. Moving on. <laughs> but he was one where I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd only take one stab for me to it, die. It'd be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you're just on the ground, like, ooh, ah. You would just, yeah, you would just burst into uh, <laughs> into dust or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <sighs> like on, uh, what is it, Kung Pao, in, Kung Pao into the fist? Just because somebody goes, ah, uh, uh, doesn't mean they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so after David sees this really fun fun crowd surfing experience david looks at the group and he's like we it's gotta fucking, fucking go time leave it we're, we're good so ollie sets yeah uh ollie sets up food at the front behind one of the registers he's like cool we're gonna wake up like four something we're getting out of here but unfortunately miss carmody doesn't sleep in the same way in the book she's just sitting by the front door and she's like where y'all going <laughs> stealing food now yeah and in the book, she actually destroys all their food. I, I don't think she does it in the movie. No. She just holds it up. That would be stupid to destroy it because it's still usable food. Oh, oh, that's fine. God will keep her safe. Oh, yeah. Like she's acting like a rational person. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, she, she says that, see, these crazy people want to leave and cause these monsters to get close to us. That's reasonable. But it's the other word she adds to it afterward. Mm-hmm. And she says... That they need to be the next sacrifices. We, I want the boy. The boy and the whore that's with David. Those two, if they die, will be able to save us. The mist will go away if they die. And so the crowd gets closer. And David's fighting people off. Everybody's swinging. And then MVP of the movie, Ollie, shoots Miss Carmby in the stomach. And then shoots her in the head. And everyone just kind of stops. They're like, wow. And then they leave. <laughs> One of my favorite, uh, yeah. favorite line in the movie is when after he shoots her, he goes, uh, I, I shot her. And David says, thank you, Ollie. Uh, I think every single time I've seen this movie, I've said I've said it just before he did. Uh, I've said, thank you, Ollie, <laughs> after, he's, after he announced what he did. 
and uh, yeah, never disappoints. Amazing. Well, it's funny the the next line because he says thank you, Ollie, and he's like, like I had the killer, and he's like, yeah, that's why I thanked you. <laughs> and then they leave. It's the exact line from the book. Stephen King wrote that like conversation that they had, and I was like, that's a really good line. So they head outside of the store. And they have a plan that they're going to open up David's car, one side, both doors, and then hop in. In the book, Ollie's the first one to run out. He gets the car doors open, and he, he instantly gets sliced in half by something out of the mist. In the movie, he gets grabbed, right? Mm-hmm. He gets snatched up into the sky. Yeah. And- MVP. Yeah. How can I say goodbye to yesterday? So... Ollie's gone, and I was like, bah, I'm done with this movie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so Ollie gets snatched, and then uh, two other people get yeah. lost in the fog yeah. on the way to the discount. Park. And they get snatched. Walmart version yeah. of Sam Elliott with his mustache. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then um, the store manager makes it into the mist and back into the store, um, actually. Yes. Uh, it happens in the book. He gets out there, and he's like, whoa, this is too much for me. And actually claws his way back into the store and they let him in. And so he watches them actually succeed. So David grabs Ollie's gun, grabs the pistola, and gets into the car. In the book, they surmise that the monsters are tracking him by scent. Because when they get into the car and close the door, the monsters stop looking for him and they go back into the mist. They don't care anymore. Mm. And then he opens the door, grabs the gun, and closes it real quick. The monster comes back out of the mist and is like, where'd you go? No, and leaves again. Was he an Assassin's Creed villain? I love the little victory lap they do around the parking lot. Like they're driving right by the store and just like with their lights on, be like, "Hey guys, yeah, exactly." I always think about that scene in the Heat with Sandra Bullock when uh, she's like, I don't remember exactly what happens, but it's like near the climax of the movie. She like takes her middle fingers and sticks them on like a glass window and just slides them across the the window. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. There's like. Fuck you guys. We got out of the car. Nobody said we yeah. could do it. Lots of people died on the way, but we we did it. We did it, guys. Yeah, USA. The, USA. Idea, of, the idea of smell, while, it, while I'm sure it worked in the book, didn't really translate well to the no. movie. Because no, if, it, if that were the case, then all of those other cars that they end up passing in this moment in the film would have been full of people, but they weren't. They were like thrown to the side and fucked up. When you say that, I was thinking of, well, it just came into my head right now of that scene in The Walking Dead in the first season where they like put the the coats on and then they put all the the body parts all over them. So they smell like the zombies. I was like, he probably got that idea from from doing this and reading (laughs) Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah, I think, okay, you're so right. I had no idea how the monsters were supposed to be tracking them. You know, I, I would have appreciated some sort of dialogue or or something to kind of indicate exactly how that would like if they had figured that out you know and then yeah, planned accordingly yeah. but yeah I, I had i had no idea like what was it like sound was it sight you know could they pierce the mist with like lasers or something i i had no idea what uh how they were tracking people you just see laser pointers <laughs> laser pointer just jiggles a little bit that it's like i got action and they just start running <laughs> so at this point we got david his son billy big bill hey isn't that, isn't that the nickname that Stuttering Bill and It had? Yes. Dan, Amanda, and Irene, they make it to the car, and they get away. And then, like, 
like Joey said, David does his sweet ass lap. He does it in the book, and he get his he gets as close to the glass as he can, and then drives off. I would have gotten close to the glass and then pulled a Sandra Bullock, like just yeah, 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 exactly. All, just fucking middle fingers up, dragging on the glass, like go fuck yourself. Or or you open the door and you're like, come on in, and first person get out, you just drive off. <laughs> We got room. We got What's room. Better? Just lay in the bed. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we can lay in the bed. Come on, jump in. in That'll protect you. Psych. <laughs> so uh, I'll talk about the book ending first. So at this point, they get into the car. They actually make it pretty far from the store, and they try to make it back to David's home, but there are trees in the way. So he actually doesn't see if his wife's okay. In the back of his mind, he he knows that she's not okay. He knows she's gone, but he he can't confirm it and billy just stays back and he's just in the back crying they keep driving and then they stop at a hotel and they sneak in and they are asleep and david is listening to the radio and it's just static but then he hears one word and it says hope and he hears hartford he hears hartford and hope and so he tells he's writing this down so you learn that all this is is, is in a journal this whole mm thing is from a journal and he says that well i guess we got a direction to go wish us luck the that's end. How it ends that's wow the, that's the book ending yeah but he wow, does so allude much, so much happier yeah. <laughs> uh he, he does allude to the fact he's like well i grabbed ollie's gun and there's four bullets in it if worse comes to worse i'll find a way and that's that's the sentence and i was like oh so in the movie, <laughs> they travel home and David sees his wife and she's webbed up dead. And he's like, well, damn. So they drive into the spider. Toward- with you. Yeah. You're <laughs> fucking right about that. Lady in the web. Uh, oh, when, when he gets there and, and he kind of like, I don't know, they almost allude to him having like a bit of a mental breakdown because he's like, I told her she should have fixed that window. No, told her- he said, I told her I would fix the window. See, it's the little things. It's all about the little things. But yeah, he's just like having that breakdown where he's just like, oh, oh fuck, the window. And he's just sitting there at the front window. It was smashed in. It was broken. I had to fix it. And it was like, fuck, dude. That's yeah, that's sad stuff. So at this point, okay. the car, it seems to run out of gas. And they hear a lot of scary things outside of the car. And so David and everyone in the car is like, what do we do? And he's like, well... I got an idea <laughs> and pulls up the pistola and everyone seems to quietly agree that they'd rather die by their own choice. Well, the four adults agree. Billy was asleep. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> Billy was exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Nobody asked Billy. Well, also, also though, he, he like starts to wake up and then like, I was just imagining him like looking up at the last yep. second and just seeing like looking up into the literal barrel That's of a gun. And it was literally happened. just like, he's just like, yeah, what the fuck? And it was just, and then gunshots. Yep. And I was yep. like, Oh yeah, hell no. Oh hell no. You can't yeah. say, uh, no, 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 no. What, what order did he kill the the people in the car? Yes. Think? So Billy gets shot and then you can I see so Amanda too. move after the second shot. So he shot both of them. And then I couldn't see anybody move. I couldn't see anybody move for the other two. So I don't know if Dan got shot or uh, 
can't remember the other ladies. Irene. So, but I for sure Evelyn. he shot his son first and then Irene. shot Amanda in the front seat and then went for the back seats. I can't with that shit. I'm not going to lie. Nope. Regardless of the situation, I'm pretty sure I would have never been yeah. able to do that. Absolutely not. Myself first. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, that would happen way earlier yeah. than shooting my mm-hmm. child. Oh, you know what I would have done? I would have gotten out of that fucking car yelling and screaming and running the other direction and going, follow me, you dumb what? bastard. Like, yeah. don't, stay away from him. What yeah. about, like, finding a different car? You know, <laughs> as you were driving, being like, all right, Chinese fire drill, everyone. Let's uh, let's jump into this other one and see if that one has any While gas. it was happening, you know? I was like, like y'all could have just, like, siphoned gas from the 75 vehicles you passed on the fucking freeway. That bus... For sure, had, that school bus you passed for sure had like exactly. 800 gallons of gas in it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And so David's yep. like, wow, my life is super ruined. But at least my son is say, hey, what's that? And a tank rolls through the mist and the mist starts to dissipate. And you see soldiers with flamethrowers burning all the weird shit. Well, and all the like nests and pods hey, and look shit at that. in the trees. USA, USA. <laughs> Literally... Literally less than a minute after he kills yeah. his child, yeah. th- this happens. Yes. It's so amazing. Oh my gosh. Doesn't even let him have this, like the satisfaction of saying, I did the right thing for a second. You know, he, he, he doesn't, he's like, oh my God, I already, I already screwed up. I screwed up so badly. I screwed up in a way that is yes. unbelievable. It is oh my God. the most ridiculous <laughs> ending to this movie. So there was actually going to be more to this ending. Oh, you forgot to mention the, the lady. On the first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Carol. Right. Yeah. Carol going by with her fucking kids, basically flying by with a middle finger going like, yeah, I got my kids, you fuck face. Like, cause at the, at the beginning, I don't think we really talked about it, but she was like, look, my kids are out there and they're by them fucking selves. Like the, I, I left my daughter who's eight to watch my baby. Like that's not a good thing. And if nobody's going to come get me, I'm just, I'm going by myself. Like, Screw, screw all you guys i'm going home and yeah. then there she is at the end all safe with her kids just like middle finger like yeah so mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. edition that they were going to add but then yeah. they left it out because it would be even more fucked up there was gonna be a second truck that rolls by full of people from the store from the store i thought that oh, was, what was, was gonna, gonna be yeah, I done that. so they were gonna that. even <laughs> just mess the wound up a little more for david and be like if you stayed a little bit longer you actually would have survived and then uh, there is a, a running theory out in the world that maybe Miss Carmody wasn't that off because the second that Billy and Amanda die, the mist goes away. And so people are like, what if that crazy bitch was right? Yep. <laughs> they needed to die to make the mist go away. Well, yeah, look at Look at it from their perspective, right? These people all leave, right? And then, like, what? Like, what? Six hours later, it's the mist is gone. You know, yeah. like, like at, at most, like, uh, I mean, you're trying to, like, you know, piece together these little p- pieces or anything. But that that strengthens her argument more than anything. Yeah. So, like, it's, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it is hilarious. And and just, like, uh, yeah, what a, what a yes. mind-blowing it's ending, absurd. honestly. It's absurd. So that is destroys me. the mist. <laughs> and we see Punisher just losing it at this point. And it's oh. funny, the two soldiers behind him are like, why is this guy freaking out so much? <laughs> and it looks like one of the guys kind of like, it looks like one of them kind of shrugs his shoulders. He's like, why is he doing it? <laughs> and they just see him cry. 
So let's do favorite characters. So Joey, who was your favorite character in The Mist? I wanted to pick somebody different than this to be contrarian because I think everyone's going to pick this character. But there's an obvious answer to this, and I can't, in good faith, say this without pick a favorite character without including, of course, Ollie, mm-hmm. the hero, MVP, absolutely, the best character in the movie, easily. Um, he he is the most resourceful. He's the most observant. He's the most skilled person in the store. He keeps his head on straight the entire time. He seeks to calm people down and offers solutions. He's one of the very first people to tell Mrs. Carmody to shut up. Uh, when she starts going off on her bullshit, right? He's one of the first people that's like, hey, you need to stop. Um, he's extremely competent with a firearm, uh, which comes in handy over and over again, never makes a mistake. Amazing. Uh, recognizes the situation for what it is quickly and then moves to solutions also quickly. And he's just smart, capable, and it is a blessing, honestly, that he doesn't get shot by freaking David Drayton at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to go next? Sure. Katie. Uh, I mean, of course it's Ollie, but, um, to add, I guess, another favorite character in the bucket, um, I'm going to go, I don't even know the character's name, honestly, uh, cause he didn't have that big of a role, but it's the biker guy that was in the grocery store with them who, who was he was on oh, yeah. the the good guy's side, like the main guy's side, um, and believed like that this was just he he trusted them and their instincts that you know don't go out into the mist. Shit is fucking wild. If we go out, bad shit's gonna happen. Um, and then when it came time for uh, Captain Holt and his group to like peace the fuck out because they had had enough, he was like, okay, well. We can't just stay in here the whole time. Someone needs to go out and see what we can do, how we can do it. Like, let me go. I'm super brave. Like, clearly you got a kid. We're not going to send any of the women. Like, I'll do it. Strap a rope around me. Pull me in. If, like, if I tug on it, pull me back in. Um, You know, they had a a genuine plan on how to get him back after he volunteered, basically, to go check things out. and you gotta, you know, you gotta love the brave person in the group in the movie who's not afraid to put his life on the line for the sake of everybody else's lives. Uh, Emma. Well, so far I agree with you both, but I guess I'm gonna have to go a little farther down the line to uh, be different. So I don't know, uh, Andrea from The Walking Dead. What what was her name? Oh, uh, she was the Amanda. The... Is that the third grade teacher? There we go. Yeah, the hot one. Oh. She's the one that made it to the end. Oh. Yeah. The the yeah. She was she was okay. I mean, she her protection over Billy was her saving quality for me. Otherwise she You mean really her semi protection? She <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. was a little thirsty. She was kinda of doing that out of like I'm here for him. Okay, not well, for the boy. then I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> my, my problem. Yeah, she was a little bit thirsty. Like her character overall wasn't bad. Sure, my problem with her was he, the main guy, would ask her like, "Hey, I gotta go do this like wild ass shit. Take care of my son," and she'd be like, "Okay, sure." And she'd sit with the son for like three minutes and then get up and decide she got to be part of the fucking hunting party or whatever. And like, bitch, no, just stay with the child. Yeah. Like your job, that's your job. Stay with the child, protect 
help. That's it. Yeah. Don't fucking don't. You don't need to be back here looking at these dudes who just hung themselves. You don't need to be over here where shit with the giant bugs is going wild in the front of the store. No, sit in the back and protect my eight year old because he's the only child in this fucking store and he needs protection. (laughs) That she was getting on my nerves for that shit. I'm like, just no, just sit back there and protect him. I can agree with that. Yeah. That's why she's uh That's fair. on my list. So yeah. nobody nobody makes it to page three on the Google search. We're straight yeah, we're yeah. scraping the bottom already with this. Right. <laughs> okay, Micah. Uh so obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bandwagoner and go with Ollie. Um, but not just Ollie as a straight character, but the way his character was written. Mm-hmm. and developed even though he wasn't the main character um because he starts off as like i'm just a cog working at a grocery store and i know everybody like i'm still like a, a real human being even though i'm dressed in a corporate uniform and run by corporate robots and as somebody who also is in a similar ish situation um <laughs> i know how that goes and so when he's finally like realizing that it's like it doesn't fucking matter it's not my job anymore i'm like actually i do some really cool shit and i'm a huge help and i can (laughs) when uh, he told the boss he's like fuck off my beer man like just shut up drinking i'm gonna talk to corporate about this the regional manager's gonna hear me shut the fuck up (laughs) he's just like you know what dude there are bigger things than this are you kidding me right now and he just he goes out and is totally like look i'm i'm good at what i do i got a job to do let's fucking do it you know i'm gonna i'm gonna help out i'm here i've got a skill set that's useful let's go and a specific set of skills i'm glad that i'm not glad that they killed his character at the end but i'm glad he went out kind of in a hero way like he was the first person out there to try to get everything set up so that they can do it and he just unfortunately got snatched like that's just what happens you know it, it's rarely ever like a setup where it's like okay well he's just gonna we're just gonna kill him off just because we only have enough seats in this car for this many people <laughs> it yeah. was like an actual like okay that was believable i'm okay with the way he went out you don't want him to die because he's obviously the fan favorite. But if he was going to go out, at least he went out in a in a fitting way. It was appropriate. What about you, Otis? Uh, yeah, choo choo, all aboard the Ollie train. Uh, <laughs> uh, Katie wrote me a note, and she wrote down, "He's Samwise." If you fuck, yes, he is. Uh, not the main character because <laughs> he knows that he can't be emotional because he's got a fucking job to do. So he ain't Frodo out here, crusty lips, just like, I don't know what to do. Sam's out here <laughs> killing spiders, being a hard ass. So. And, and eating potatoes. Yeah, a whole lot of potatoes. That's my boy. Uh, but no, Ollie yeah. was the best. And some of my favorite Stephen King stories are the ones where the main character is, eh, but all the supporting people are awesome. It's not fair, but The Stand has tons of people that aren't the main character because that's Stu technically at some point he becomes the main character him and Tom Cullen Tom Cullen's the best person in that book but uh, there are so many people like Nick the deaf mute guy that is just a hard ass in that book and he's just off to the side being awesome there's tons of Stephen King stories where he makes this side person and he's like 
at some point they're gonna die, but you're gonna love them until they die. And I'm like, God damn it, just let them live. He's like, Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's cooler if they die. But no, Ollie was absolutely amazing. And the the first time I watched this, I was like, That dude's awesome. When I read the book, that dude's awesome. So yeah, I've always loved Ollie. When the movie started, and Katie was watching, I was like, When I saw him pop on screen, I was like, Oh, that's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> So, uh, Joey, who was your least favorite character? All right. I've thought about this a lot. All right. I've been talking. I've been saying this to myself over and over again, trying to convince myself that I'm right. (laughs) I know I'm right. So I'm going to convince you guys, too. My least favorite character is obvious. It's David Drayton. David Drayton is the worst character in this movie. For me, Mm. you can interpret this movie as a series of failures, all because of David. And I'm not just saying that as a way to temper the ending and make it kind of fit into this box. The ending stands apart. It's wild. It's, it's, it has, this movie has tons of dark, terrifying, horrific scenes, but that ending, again, it's devastating. Eclipsing, almost. But it comes about entirely because of how much of a failure David is. David's main crime is not recognizing the situation he's in and shirking responsibility at every chance. He is a man of action. I'll, I'll grant him that. But he is not collected. He's not clever. He's not thoughtful. He's impulsive and violent. And in every chance he has to take control of the situation and be a leader, he fails. So first of all, obviously, he is constantly leaving his son in the hands of basically strangers. You guys were saying that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Amanda was at fault for leaving that kid behind. What about David? It's his son. Why is he constantly leaving that that boy like off the side? Basically, half this movie is Billy crying because his dad uh, left him. Uh, but it's it's so much deeper than that, right? There, the clear path here is to get everyone to work together. The mist is an unprecedented, impossible situation. But inside the store is a very well-tread circumstance, a bunch of ordinary people that are in crisis. This kind of thing happens all the time. Naturally, in these situations, a power imbalance occurs. It's not a matter of whether someone will take control. It's a matter of who will take control. It doesn't matter if the person that takes control simply says, let's take a vote. Somebody has to do that. Somebody has to decide this is a democracy. This is a dictatorship. This is a theocracy. It's not an, it's not an option to not participate. You are playing. Failure to recognize you're on the field is totally Ooh. your fault. So, and this, it's, this is not addressed. If you, don't, if you let this address, if you don't address this, right, if you let the chips fall where they may, anything can happen. We see Mrs. Carmody grab control of the situation, but she just naturally falls into this position. We see, we hear Dan also say this: "We, uh, you scare people enough, they will do basically anything. They will turn to whoever offers a solution." Where is that solution from David Drayton? The truth is that in any relationship, no matter what is going on or how many people are involved, it, there will be some sort of structure developed. The only question is whether you will create that structure consciously or unconsciously. The difference here is that when you and your roommate fight about who ate the last slice of pizza, nobody dies. You guys just figure something else out. But in this situation, it's life or death. I mean, you hope. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I can't guarantee that. That's a good point. In this situation, though, it is life or death. You cannot be (laughs) passive and just let things happen. The responsibility to take control falls squarely on David's broad shoulders. He is the leader of a powerful faction within the store, but he completely wastes that opportunity to control anything. Instead, he tries to fight Norton and the blue-collar guys. He spends more time beating a flaming mist monster than looking after his son. He goes outside and loses their only axe. And then he basically decides to leave everyone for dead and strike out so with all that he can personally carry. 
At no point do we see David recognize that they are stronger as a group and attempt to organize these people. Instead, he just goes where the action is and leaves everyone else behind. It's clear to me at the end of the movie that many solutions exist to David's problem, but he chooses, as he does for every solution, the most violent and permanent way out. He gives up and it costs him everything. There you go. And on that note, I guess uh, there have yeah. been no arguments oh. from this point forward. <laughs> one might say... I bow to these words. One might say he's just out for a good punishment. Out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say earlier, is that this is the second movie in which his whole family dies. Whole family. <laughs> so actually... Partially with God, his fault, too. That was, that was an incredible analysis. I was going to add to it in the sense that uh, he he's also my least favorite character, 100%. I, I do have a secondary least favorite, but um, a couple of the points that you made, um, it's very much he acts like I'm the 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 alpha male in this situation. Yeah. Like uh, everybody can see it. Obviously, I'm the alpha male. But every time it comes to a situation where it's like uh, when Carol first is like, are you going to help me come? You know, she's like scanning the room and going like, are you going to help? Are you going to help? Like going to all the men and they're all just like, mm. and he just, he like grabs his kid and he's like, but my boy, but my boy. Yeah. And then and what, is it, what does he do <laughs> 10 seconds later? Leave that boy behind. You with, know what I with mean? With some like old lady that he doesn't know. And he barely like, knows. Yeah. He barely, he meets Amanda that day. And, and then that's where he goes. He stands up and goes, you know, it takes a village. <laughs> it's like, what village? You don't know these people. <laughs> And so he just like leaves it with this group of ladies because he's like, oh, ladies, they know how to take care of a boy. And like meanwhile, Women. the whole time this kid is like, I want my mom. I, I miss mom. And or my like, dad. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I know. I know you miss mom. I know you. And, and not even not even once does he go. Yeah, me too. Like I would have been like, yeah, man, me too. Like <laughs> you should have said, I'm working on that. I, I got your new mom lined up right here. You're right. <laughs> hey, kid, kid, give me time to grease the wheels a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Okay, the second that Amanda popped on the screen and the old older lady was like, yeah, this is Amanda. She's the third grade teacher at the school and she'll watch your kid. The second it happened, I turned to Otis and I said, Billy, this is your new mommy. Now. <laughs> like, 100%. They don't even know it's... I was like, from the get-go, I was like, your mom's dead. This is your new mom. I'm the mom now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they don't even know what's happening yeah. out in the real world. They don't know if she's gone yet, but they're already making plans for the future. They're already sitting there like, yeah, no. And she's like batting her eyelashes oh, at him. And, and she's like, yeah, I, I teach third grade. Yeah, you know. <laughs> little, little. They'll need third grade teachers in the new world. Right. right? Those, those, those bugs look like they have a, they need, they're in need of a third grade education. <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty of rednecks with less here. So uh, let's, let, let's, let's up the ante. <laughs> Uh, but it also like I don't know if anybody else caught this, but he would always jump in to save the person after they were already pretty much gonna die. And two times he had to be pulled back away from that. The first time was when when the kid got wrapped with the tentacles and was being dragged out the door, and he's like sitting there like, why isn't anybody helping me? And it's I, I think everybody in their shock was basically logically thinking in their head with what little logic they were using was like, dude, he's gone. Like, we can't do anything. We don't know what that is. And it's gigantic. And like, look at that thing. Like, he's gone. That's yeah. it. Let him go. And then like, when he 
the 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 guy in the uh, pharmacy when he gets the the web around his leg and it just freaking uh what it, uh, ungloves leg. his yeah. leg like just rips everything yeah. off and it was like holy crap number one goddamn but then he's like sitting there holding on to him like trying to trying to take him out the door and then uh what's his name sam whitmore comes in and he's like dude drayton he's gone let's go man like and then at the end he shoots his kid man like no thanks like god like like damn like it sets up the perfect ending like it sets up the perfect just gut punch like he got what he deserved and like regardless of that being just an absolute devastating (laughs) ending you shot your kid man like you can't you don't come back from that like you don't you don't come back from that that that. it's terrible it's terrible and like it's it's so i'm conflicted and that's what i love about this movie is that the ending is so terrible. It, and I can make a case for why David deserves it, but also I cannot make a case for him deserving it because it's so awful. That's put, they put in that situation and then yeah. have to make that choice and then make the wrong choice. I mean, that's the that's what I I would I wish that they had included that bit where they had the people from the store coming through just to like you know twist that knife an extra yeah. bit just to really <laughs> sell us that this is David's this whole situation was David's doing. He's the one who failed this, you know, these people, um, because yeah, I, I think that's that's the right way to interpret it. But yeah, Katie, uh, my least favorite character is the obvious least favorite character, and that's Miss Carmody. Yeah, let's yeah. start this train. <laughs> uh, chugga, chugga. I fuck people who use religion as an excuse to be awful people. Um, this has happened throughout the history of the world for millennia okay we're we're on millennia of people using this scapegoat that you know jesus told me to do it so clearly i had to do it or god is telling me that that this is happening and this is happening and we're the ones to blame or they're the ones to blame hate them over there they're the bad guys and i cannot fucking stand that shit we we see it every day um i don't know if this is very prevalent in all other countries but i'm gonna assume it is because here in america it's fucking awful the religious like evangelical idea that everything that they do is right and everything that everybody else does who isn't part of their group is fucking wrong and they deserve to burn in hell and blah 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 they deserve the worst of the worst is fucking trash and miss carmody is just a spewer of that trash she is literally joel osteen in this fucking movie and she's she deserved that bullet to the head and she it should have came like an hour earlier so awesome watching her beginning of this movie (laughs) oh my god Yeah. yeah yeah um I hated her character from the moment she started speaking. And the fact that that bug didn't sting her just made me hate her even more. Um, and I think the the culmination of my hate, like the, the peak of my hate is right like a few minutes before she gets shot when she basically turns the whole store on Sam Whitworth's character and ends up getting stabbed like ends up killing him like the butcher ends up stabbing him and she's just 
shocked for a second and then encourages it like bitch i know you're close to the bible there's like 85 different verses where it says don't murder don't cause riots don't cause this don't cause that and you're just like fuck it do it do it this guy's the bad guy not me not me over here inciting a riot creating myself as a false idol doing all this other fucking bullshit that the bible clearly says like in plain text not to fucking do i just One, i hate that bitch there is a lot of human sacrifice in the bible though so there, there's a rich tradition there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if i could be frank about that uh, they really like sacrificing in this book. Yeah. Katie, you said it. You said I it exactly right. We should right. go that route. You said it exactly right. Yes, yes, but s- sacrificing something and by pushing it out to the monsters is a whole nother animal than stabbing it several times because I didn't like the cut of your jib. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck that me. noise. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Emma. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hop on that choo choo train because. Uh... As a person raised heavily Christian, like supremely involved in my church until I was 18, like watching this lady, I was sitting there going, please tell me I sounded nothing like that in high school because, yeah, I mean, I rarely talked about it to anyone, but I'm like, was I seriously out here being like, oh, look at them breaking all them fucking rules. No. That was so disgusting and just oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies in the worst way. And I couldn't, couldn't fucking deal with it. So hopping on that train. I don't know who's left that hasn't said their no-no character, but I think it's Otis. It's always me. Yeah, true, true. Everybody, everybody hit what I was going to say. But I have to say, I have to say, Stephen King makes great heels. She is a really good heel. I love how how it's she's so easy to hate, but she is my least favorite character. But technically, she probably isn't because I love what I love the work she's doing. It's great. But boy, howdy, she is a (laughs) terrible person. Just God's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't hate me uh, for doing God's work. Right, right. Don't be mad at me. Uh, but no, uh, she's she's great and bad at the same time. I knew she was going to be an issue. And it's funny, even in the book, people are like, she's getting crazy. She's got four followers. That's going to change in a couple of hours. And then yep. Amanda's actually saying in the book, she was like, that she's not a problem. And then 12 hours later, she's like, okay, that's a problem. There's 12 people over there in that corner now. We mm-hmm. should leave. And it's, it just gets crazy from there. But when you press people against the wall and tell them, like, hey, there's scary dinosaur monsters outside. I want to eat your, like, skin off. Hey, that Jesus lady's got the answer. They easily go over. All you got to do is just shank this guy. I'm like, okay. God, God won't get mad at me because God wanted me to shank him. So it just falls apart. It just works, you know, like Todd Howard would say. So... Let's wait, do... wait, wait, wait. Before, before we move on, I, I, I may make some enemies here, but I told you that at this point, Bethany, I wouldn't just defend Miss Carmody one time. This is my second Ooh. defense of her. I was waiting. I was anticipating this. Here's the thing, all right? Mrs. Carmody is the most precious type of American. She is the crank. 
We have to protect these people at all costs. The, the, she is the kind of person that doesn't just espouse bullshit randomly. She believes it. She eats it. She loves it. It's part of who she is. You know, she, uh, Katie, I think your evaluation of evangelicals and the harm that they have done to this, like, this country and to people in general is spot on. But she is not one of those people. She believes what she's saying. She's not after power. Power falls into her lap through the the uh, the lack of initiative made by David Drayton. She is simply espousing the same thing she's been saying for years, and it suddenly seems to resonate with people, right? She wasn't looking for an opportunity to lead. It simply fell into like her her like weird like tangible hands. We can see this when she attacks Amanda in the bathroom, right? Amanda comes in and says, "Hey." Are you doing okay? Uh, everything fine? And she's like, "If next time I need a friend like you, I'll just squat on the floor and shit one out." Why would she do that if she's looking if she's looking for for uh, for friends? If she's looking for power, right? She would be friendly. No, she believes what she's saying. She says, "Oh, I'm uh, there are monsters out there, and it's God's fault. I I know it." And uh, those kind of people, uh, they they provide the spice. You know, they're the Alex Joneses of this world. They're the people that that uh, that that. <laughs> will literally shoot themselves in the foot uh, because they believe so hard in something that's not true. And we shouldn't be listening to them. They should be locked up in, the, in a, a corner or something. But honestly, they should be allowed to exist. And we should be able to look at them and say, ha, you're so ridiculous. But uh, we, will, we, will, we, will, we will continue to feed you and, and house you and, and help you, uh, you crazy crank, uh, because you are, uh, you know, you're, you're, going out of, you're going out of business. You're going, out of, you're going extinct. Uh, these are the people that we need to, to protect. You know, we endangered species act for the, the cranks of America. That, that's my defense. Of, <laughs> Except they're not um, extinct. No, that's the, that's it's the true. problem. They're not extinct. They're just growing more cranks. Um, case in point, January 26th or January 6th. It's, true. it's not, a lot of it's not getting better. It's getting worse. No. Whole bunch yeah, of it, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. So, I feel like she would reside specifically on www.creedthoughts.gov. www. backslash creedthoughts. Some dark stuff on there. Exactly, exactly. She's the Creed Brantons of this world. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's do seven word synopsis. So I have a couple, and I think I can think of another one, but I have a lot. My first one is. As a species, we are fundamentally insane is one of the best nice. lines in this movie. So my next one, maybe crazy church bitch was right. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Irene hit lady with that Nolan Ryan special. So uh, Miss Carmody was talking craziness and Irene grabbed a can of peas and said, shut up, bitch, and chunked it at her. Hit her, hit her, <laughs> and she stopped talking. He's like, "Shut up!" Uh, it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, actually, in the book, Ollie was the one that threw the can of peas. It hit her on her right boob. Oh no! Wow. I like it better that it was the old lady. I know, especially when she brings up stoning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take some of this, and then my last one is: movie is Stranger Things's older, depressed brother. Yup. Okay. I mean, okay. With six-legged Cthulhu, sweet Christ! We don't, we don't. Stranger Things isn't over yet, so we'll see how depressing it gets. Cause yeah, yeah we'll oh, I thought you were gonna say. I think this next season is gonna get. Do you think the mist depressing. is part of the Stranger Things universe? Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, maybe they're all oh, tying awesome. it together. Thomas Jane's gonna show up in the in Stranger Things and be like, "I've seen this kind of thing before, and I killed my boy." Over I wouldn't. It. 
Oh my god! I, I oh my god! If he came in and dropped that I line right when man. he first walked in, and I killed my boy over it. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, yeah, trademark, trademark. You have to buy the rights to that idea from us. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, they were kind of toying with it because they were like, "Oh, what if we opened a portal into another dimension?" And then you know all this stuff. It was like, "Oh, well, okay, Stranger Things yeah. in the future." <laughs> it is pretty like misty and mu- and musty in the in the under in the uh, upside down. You know, yeah, can't really not a lot of good visibility. It's a lot like asbestos in the upside down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Straight asbestos. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, next. Sure. I have many. Okay. Uh, Proselytist bitch starts riot to kill protagonist. So that word that Katie used, she is the ultimate definition. So she uses religion as a weapon and as a fear tactic to get people to believe what she is saying. Uh, She won't just show you the Bible and say, check out these stories. She's like, hey, that scary monster tried to eat your face off. Believe in God. (laughs) God what was that God. word again? Proselytist. Uh, Hold on. Proselytist, yeah. Proselytist. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, we that. had to look it up because I was like, word. I know there's a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a word for this. Oh. So, yeah, it was a whole thing. Um, all right, my second one. How was the dimension portal big enough? Because, okay, like, the bug started, sure. Like, weird bugs came out, okay, Sure. Any size portal that that tracks the spider things, sure. The pterodactyl, like aerodactyl looking bitches, like cool. Um, She's sure, we got Pokemon out here. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but then, like yeah. even even the tentacles, like we didn't know how big that thing was, but based on its tentacles, like okay, a large like maybe house size portal. Tentacle. But then while they're fucking driving, there is like giants, like moose style giants that are the size of fucking skyscrapers like what portal did that come from how, yeah, kaiju how big is this portal threat yeah, here. yeah. Um, that's a great question <laughs> my guess is either like you said pokemon they, they they collapse like digitally and then like reassemble maybe like transformers <laughs> they like fold up into like little balls or maybe like a 3D printing type, type situation. They like print each leg and then send Just it through it. and then reassemble oh. it on the other side. <laughs> I can't read these instructions. They're, they're, they're in Spanish. <laughs> I can't read these instructions. They're in an alternate alien dimension. Lake Grill, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh okay, and then uh, I've got two more. Store evangelists definitely raided Capital January 6th. <laughs> yep. Nice. Like, for sure, all of those people that were in the store, they were on the Capitol, like, 100%. They believed that wild-ass shit. And my last one, degradation of society has religion to blame. Yup. Good stuff. Micah. Welcome to Sesame Street. Today's word, <laughs> expiation. See, I can't even say it. I just, I want to add, I want to add more letters to it. It's not complete. That is not a full word. Expiation. Expiation. It doesn't matter how many times you say it. It's not, it's not right. Uh, And let the walking dead. Sorry. The more they said expiation, the more they said expiation, the less I believed it was a real word. Like, they just kept saying it, and I was like, okay, this is losing all its meaning. Like, stop. 
But yeah, no, when you said that, I was like, man, I wonder how many times the actress had to say it on repeat just to make it. She probably palatable. drove home going, expiation. <laughs> Explanation. No, damn it. Expiration. No, not not take, quite. Take 627. All She's right. calling up Frank Darabon being like, how do you say that word again? Just like. <laughs> expiation expiation we just need to tweet out hey is this really a word or did you just make it up for the movie (laughs) all right and then what the walking dead should have been there are so many things that he does with this movie so many gut-wrenching moments and things like not not just the, the monsters but like how people get dragged off in kind of mysterious ways and how the the monsters are just part of the humans dealing with each other like you know you you got a small taste of what it could have been and it's another one of those situations because i went back and read the the comics afterwards finally got my hands on like the 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 omnibuses so that way i can actually know what what happened because you, you always hear people going oh they strayed so far and i'm like well shit i've never read them so <laughs> but then went back and it was like oh fuck okay um but adding these like these twists and the way he's able to just depict humans degrading as shit just goes down. Just it's, it's amazing. I mean, he did the Shawshank Redemption. He did this, like it just, he's just really fucking good at what he does. And I want more. Yeah. (laughs) I want more. Give me more. Uh, Joey, do you have any? I have one. Uh, But yeah. Okay. Mine is uh, David Drayton wants to abandon his kid. Damn. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> ouch cut me deeper that is the arc he goes on he says how do i get rid of this kid he keeps tagging along he's trying to hand him off to other random women eventually he, ta- he has to take care of the situation himself i mean he really tried when he told his kid to run out to the boathouse so <laughs> I mean, true the very beginning rough. that's called foreshadowing folks right yeah. <laughs> okay i have so very many. Um, uh, okay, so the very opening scene with him and his wife reminded me of that 70s show. And I turned to Micah and I went, damn, Jackie, I can't control the weather. And then I realized <laughs> it was seven words. So I said, yoink. Yeah, uh, when, when his wife was like, what was that? And he's like, it was. He's it, like, I don't know. I'm not a weather man. He, he like said, said all these things. And then at the end, she's like, wait, really? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Shut up. And then, what in the Jurassic fuck is this? Dashing hopes and killing folks for God. Also good too. And then bugs, bitches, and Bibles save me, Jesus. And messing with all of my pregnant emotions. And then my alliterative misty monsters mightily mangle many main market dwellers. Very nice. Heck yeah. Very nice. nice. That was a really good one. So this film came out November 21st, 2007. So what do you guys think the budget for The Mist was, Joey? I think my budget, and this is a very calculated number, I don't actually know. I was going with 20 uh, dollary dues. Damn it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that it's, it's okay. It's a horror movie, right? It has some CGI, right? Doesn't have that many big name actors. Thomas Jane's kind of the only big name actor in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Dyerbond 
a little bit bigger. One location for the most part, you know, not a lot of different things there. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, almost everything is screwed with mist, so you don't have to do a lot with, like, the outside or anything. So I'm guessing it wasn't, wasn't that expensive to make, and most of the money was spent making those monsters that did not hold up. <laughs> yeah, those clip art monsters. Katie. Uh, well, Joey stole mine, so I'm going with fifteen dollar dues. Fifteen. Ooh, Emma. Is this like? Oh wait, is this like a Price is Right situation? Yes. Yes, it is. Sometimes, <laughs> unless we all screw up and go over, then <laughs> <laughs> um, I said twelve dollar dues. Okay. Well, I'm also mad because I was also going to say twenty, so I'm going to split the difference, and I'm going to say seventeen. 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 So closest to the pin was Micah. Bitch. (laughs) The budget was eighteen dollar dudes. Wow. Good job. Good job, everyone, actually. I was mad and now I'm less mad. Yeah, yeah, everybody. (laughs) Uh everybody got it just right. Like and Joey hit it just right on the head of what I was gonna say. There's not that many different scenes. Probably ton of money went to the CG, the clip art that we saw in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that cost a lot of money in 2007 to make clip art monsters. So, so Joey, what do you think the box office was? Uh, this is this is harder. I, I'm going to go with a hundred dollar dues. Movie like this, right? Stephen King adapted um, Frank Darabond, you know, uh, you know, and this is a well-known movie. People people know about it. People yeah. have heard about it. Um, I think maybe it has a cult following, perhaps, maybe not. I'm going to go with $100 juice. It's a good one. Katie. This motherfucker right now. Uh, $100. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Katie. Joey is in Katie's. So <laughs> uh, That's okay. Katie does this to me weekly, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say $75, dudes. We're going to undershoot okay. this bitch. 75 Micah. Hmm. A lot of strategy in this, in this oh, moment. Man, here we go. What will he choose? Yeah. What was your original number? If you were going to pick first, what was your original number? Um, yeah. Well, it was going to be pretty low because it's a horror movie. Uh, but you're making, making some solid points there. Now, now you're in my head. So I had to rethink my strategy. Oh, my strategy. Um, <laughs> fuck. No, I'm still going for it. I'm going to say $57 reduce. That is oddly Ooh. specific. Yes. Like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go specific on he this. He said, one. give me the ketchup. I need 75 that and 57, which will be better. <laughs> so what you got? What uh, you got? In, prices, in prices, right? There's a sound when someone hits it just right. I'm just going to say it's blah, 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 blah. that's the sound. So, Micah <laughs> hit it. Right. Oh my god! Boom! That's two. That's two. He He's two for two. Gets a win. He oh my god! <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just get up and walk a victory lap right now. Wait, yeah, he just did. He just got I up just and did. walked around. I literally oh, I just looked at that. <laughs> I didn't see it. I was looking uh, down. I was mad. I was disappointed that I oh lost. No. I, he was I, driving I, his <laughs> he was driving his Jeep across in front of the store. <laughs> Flying the bird. I got exactly right, guys. Nice. I'm surprised you didn't do that. What? That thing that I just did? <laughs> <laughs> that thing right 
<sighs> yep, I was looking down. I was angry that I lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, does anybody have anything? Any last words about the mist? Watch it. Nope. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's it's a great addition to the trilogy of misty misty foggy movies that all came out <laughs> around the same time in, in a matter of a few years <laughs> it's a weird trilogy don't try to understand the story but there are some great moments in all of them <laughs> oh i forgot there's one more thing that we do so minority kill count so joey since the beginning i have been counting all the minorities that die in horror movies so okay. we have captain holt well, we don't know he died uh, yeah i was gonna say we don't know that well one. You got you to okay, say, he doesn't mark. die on screen. He doesn't actually die, right? That's the rule. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the soldier, MP, yeah, the MP, MP. MP with the spiders in his body. Mm-hmm. So that's There's one. There's also one of the, at least one of the um, soldiers is black who kills yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's two. For um, sure two. Two and a question mark. I think there's at least one other person. A good assumption. I swear there there's was There's not a lot of more. people of color in this movie. No. What was the guy who burned himself to death? He was a white dude. Okay. No, he was wearing he was wearing a a uh, a plaid shirt. There's no way he was a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the new number is 248, and a Tito turtle. That's from Willy's Wonderland. You should watch that movie. No. And a a house full of vampires. That's from Day Shift. You should watch that movie. And oh, I'll put I a question see mark. Yeah, and I'll put a question mark for Captain Holt. He's 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 somewhere. To okay. be continued. <laughs> the switch continues. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll find him one day. Okay, uh, but yeah. Uh, so uh, one thing I will say about this movie, I would really, really like this movie to be remade, um, and not remade yes, in like we're starting we're starting from scratch and recasting and doing all this stuff. When I say remake, I mean like a George Lucas just got his hands on CGI. So now we're going to like fix some shit from the original Star Wars and add in some better CGI dinosaurs. Like <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And I would love for someone, um, some company, uh, <clears throat> Cough Cough Blumhouse, to like find the version of this film prior to the cgi edits so just the version that they filmed and redo it with modern technology cgi because this movie the acting is fucking great everything that's happening is great the only thing that doesn't really stand the test of time at this point is the cgi so they don't need to remake it completely they just got to redo the cgi and i think this movie would just like it would be fucking incredible yeah. Yeah. re-release the mist with updated graphics mm-hmm. i like that idea Retouch. i think it's an amazing idea and they're gonna they're I'm gonna in. substitute the guns for walkie-talkies <laughs> yeah <laughs> holly's just pointing his walkie-talkie at everybody okay yeah, he'd have a bigger gun yeah <laughs> okay so with that that is the end of this episode so joey if someone wants to get in contact with you or listen to episodes of your awesome show how would they get in touch with you um, you can find us on any uh, podcasting platform. I challenge you to find a podcast platform we're not on. We're on every single one. 
um, we uh, we have a website called affablechat.com. It has all of our links and everything. And then uh, the other thing is that my co-host Benjamin hosts a Twitch stream every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time um, and where he talks about whatever's going on in his life and uh, watch, watch videos that have been submitted to our Discord. Um, so if you want to hang out with us live, putting the chat in affable chat, uh, you can do that. So yeah, anywhere that you can, anywhere you can just Google affable chat. We're the only podcast with that name. Uh, we're, we're right there at the top of that SEO, uh, milking it yeah. for all it's worth. So check out affablechat.com, affable chat, the podcast, affable chat, the Twitch stream, all that. Yeah. Our, our SEO, we're fighting against an actual town called Allentown in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that and pops a song, up. And a song by Billy Joel. Yeah, and a Billy Joel song. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. I've been there several times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But Katie, uh, if you have any, if someone has any other cool fun facts about Stephen King stories, like the giant monsters in this movie were designed by Bernie Wrightson. Bernie Wrightson made Swamp Thing. How many thousands of dogs did you see? Oh, tons. But they can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email that is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook chat. Allentown Presents. So this this is episode 19, and it was a super fun one. This one's long. I apologize, Joey. <laughs> we usually don't go. That's okay. Long. But no, uh, this was a movie. fun. Yeah, this was a fun episode. I love Skin King stories. I love scary movies. I love talking to new people that are great. So, uh, Joey, if you ever need people to fill an episode up, call, dude. We will gladly talk about a movie. Pretty much all we do. Absolutely. But no, but so we have twelve more episodes. Uh, we have a couple of scary movies that we are waiting on because they're far and fresh. But uh, I'm very excited for the last 12 movies. Very pumped for them. So, the music you're listening to right now, that is Flipping the Combined Effort. Flipping the CE anywhere you can find them. The Studio Fitas, thank you so much for the artwork. I need to have you guys commission some more stuff. I need a Christmas picture. So, thank you so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Oops. Man. Did you see this fog? What's going on? Oh, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd say it's a little bit more of a mist. Are you sure? I mean, it's oh, Jesus. It. What is with those bugs? You know what's great? We've got bug spray here in this grocery store. All right. Well, well let's see what's here. Man, this one doesn't even have DEET. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the music, we have, if you stay all the way to the end, we have they they do something special at the end that's good that's really good i like that <laughs>